welcome to this week's episode of Ghost Emoji. It's me, Taylor, and my my wonderful also me, good Becca, co-host Becca. Wait your turn. I'm Never introducing you. I'm trying to to give you the introduction you deserve. Okay. It's Becca. Ugh. She also <laughs> she also here. You cut me off. I I, I lost my I lost my groove. Well, you paused, so I was like, is she waiting for me to say something? I was trying to to conjure up the words to describe how I feel about you Mm -hmm. and how important you are to me. Okay. (laughs) I'm so sure. You don't believe me? Nah. Aw, dang. Double dang. (laughs) Uh, This week, we are talking about the cursed lake in Georgia, the Lake Lanier which I, the whole time we were talking about it before, kept calling it Lanier because I'm bougie. But uh, <laughs> it's Lake Lanier. Yeah, that's... So I'm glad I looked it up to make sure so that way uh, I didn't look like a big old doofus. Dang it. Time to pound some peach cough drops yep. and eat them into the microphone. <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet this week. Last week I had my candy fiasco. <laughs> Which I'm glad you left in so I could shame myself. Uh, I, I took a lot of it out whenever whenever it could be, but sometimes it was over you talking, and I didn't want people to not hear your words. So <laughs> they also they also got some candy action. I was eating candy. I was having a great time. <laughs> sometimes that's more important than, than silence. Mm-hmm. You know? We're only here so mm-hmm. long. Life is but a blip. Sometimes you gotta eat candy. And you have to unwrap that candy. At inappropriate times, yes. <laughs> I always wondered whenever me and Mark would go to the theater with his family, and before it would start, someone would come over the loudspeaker and be like, if you wish to partake of wrapped candies, please unwrap them now. And everyone would be like, oh, 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 oh. That's so weird. And then weird. the play would start. And I was like, what the, f- what are they talking about? I don't. Why is everyone laughing? And I guess it was because it's just it's too funny when people unwrap their candies in the middle of the performance. I just I never understood all the all the laughing, all the chortling. Mm-mm. But anyway, back to Lake Lanier. Let damn it, Lanier, <laughs> Lake Lanier in Georgia Town. Not Georgetown, Georgia. I just put town after most things, so I have to be careful because there probably is a Georgia town out there somewhere without their haunted lake. The haunted, haunted lake. So we're going to start with the background for Lake Lanier, which is... <sighs> Lanier. The, I, the I-E-R just throws me off and I keep thinking... Lanier, but I, that's not that's not it. It's named after Sydney Lanier, so that's actually the full name. But uh, Lake Lanier, now it's uh, commonly referred to, is in northern Georgia near the foothills of the North Georgia Mountains. Um, lake Lanier is a man-made reservoir, and it's the largest lake in Georgia with a chain of islands that were originally uh, large hills before the lake was formed. Um, the lake was uh, or originated. Back in 1948, when the U.S. government purchased 100 acres of land 
farmland, I guess, from a river ferry operator by the name of Henry Shadburn in order to start a water project on the Chattahoochee River uh, for the purpose of providing the city of Atlanta with hydroelectricity, flood control, um, and water supply. In 1950, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers began breaking ground and constructing the Buford Dam on the Chattahoochee River, um, and that was in, uh, completed in 1956, and that's when they actually began the process of flooding the foothills around it to create the lake. Uh, the U.S. government started rapidly purchasing land from private companies, farmers, and anyone else who lived in the area uh, that was going to eventually end up underwater. In the five years it took for the water to reach its intended level, the government bought over 50,000 acres of prime farmland and pristine wilderness. They ended up moving more than 250 families, 15 businesses, and they even relocated 20 cemeteries along with all of the corpses in the process, which... Hmm. I don't know how you go about doing that for even one, but for 20, that's a lot of bodies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the lake eventually devoured entire towns, including buildings and houses, farmland and fields, bridges, toll gates, historical landmarks, uh, river ferry businesses, a racetrack called Looper Speedway, country roads, forests, and even a couple of other like smaller lakes in the area. Uh, many of the structures that would be inundated were simply left as is. So the bottom of the lake is actually comprised of like submerged towns, uh, complete with roads, walls, houses, all eerily intact. It's basically like an abandoned underwater ghost town just with fish and perhaps ghosts of the past. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say that's kind of like Canyon Lake in Texas. They flooded a town to make the lake. That's why it's so deep. Because it was like a town at the bottom of a canyon. And so, like, if you swim down there, you can find, like, buildings and stuff like that. I'm not swimming down there. Let's go. Field trip. Field no. trip. <laughs> no. No. McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> no. Got food at home. Damn it. No fun. <laughs> uh... Even the ferries put out of business by the lake's creation were abandoned to become rusting hulks littering the bottom uh, in the shore. Um, there have been a high number of deaths associated with the lake in the years since, ranging from boating accidents, drowning, um, and even divers who have, or drivers who have lost control of their vehicles near the lake crashing into the water. Um, survivors of various accidents have reported feeling as if invisible hands were dragging them deep beneath the water. Um, in 2011 alone, there were nearly 20 mysterious deaths, which sounds really spooky, but then when I clicked on the link on that fact and tried to go look at it, it just directed me to a handful, but it didn't list all 20, so yeah. I couldn't totally corroborate that, but if it's true, it's scary. I mean, that's... More than a death a month. Yeah, that's a lot. Almost two. A, <laughs> a death and a half. A death and a quarter. A death and a leg. <laughs> One dead leg. One dead leg. So, I don't know, I mean, it's... This happens, you know, a lot of man-made lakes and stuff like that. Especially, like, we're in Texas, where there's not very many actual lakes. There's mostly man-made lakes, and so there might not be whole towns on the bottom of all of them, but most of them are areas that were intentionally flooded by putting up dams and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
this isn't super uncommon, but people claim that, like, an inordinate amount of people get killed at this lake. And and part of it is that it's a super popular lake, so it's it's a lot of people, but they're like, well, you know, if you actually look at the number of people who die in comparison to the number of people who come, it kind of balances out with other lakes. Whereas other people are like, no, it doesn't. It turns into, like, twice as many people die here as at an average lake. So it kind of depends on who you talk to. Because it doesn't seem like anyone could pinpoint exactly where this curse comes from. Like, no one in particular put it on the lake. But they just, they think that more people than average die here under weird circumstances. Weird. Weird. Boopy. Do you want to take us into the disappearances and deaths? Hell yeah. So there have been, like Taylor said, lots of disappearances and deaths. Um, in addition to the myriad freak accidents and drownings that seem to constantly plague the area, Lake Lanier has been the location for many bizarre deaths and disappearances that remain unsolved. Uh, the first one is Kelly Nash, a Georgia man by the name of Kelly Nash, 25, who went missing from his home in Buford, Georgia on January 5th, 2015. Uh, early that morning at 4 a.m., Nash awoke with flu-like, symptom- flu-like symptoms such as coughing and sneezing and told his girlfriend Jessica Sexton that he felt terrible and should probably see a doctor before going back to bed. Uh, Sexton then woke up again at 7.30 a.m. to find that Nash was gone, but he didn't take his wallet, car keys, or ID with him. When he still hadn't returned that evening, police were called in and discovered that a 9mm pistol was missing from the house, but none of Nash's other belongings were missing or out of place. A massive search was launched for Nash involving authorities, family, friends, dogs, and a $50,000 reward was offered for any information. Um, yet no trace of the manor's whereabouts were found, and it wasn't until late a, a month later, on February 8th, that Nash's badly decomposed body was found in Lake Lanier by a fisherman. Uh, he was still wearing the pajama pants and dark shirt that he'd had on when he went missing, and it was found that he had suffered a single gunshot wound to the head. The crime has never been solved, and it's unclear why he chose to go out in the middle of the night in his sleeping clothes, or how he ended up at the lake, and why he committed suicide, if there was foul play involved, or if the lake's alleged curse had anything to do with it. So that's creepy. It's like, at first I was like, oh, maybe, you know, he was running this really high fever, and so he hallucinated or something, and that's why he went outside, but... It doesn't make sense for him to, like, I'm going to kill myself because I'm hallucinating so bad, you know? Yeah, well, that's where, like, part of what I read seemed like, I mean, obviously, if you get shot in the head, they're going to assume it's suicide, but they didn't say anything about, like, the location of the shot, like, if it could have been accidental, if someone else could have done it. I mean, the fact that the gun was missing from his home is just really strange and I feel bad for like his girlfriend because she's probably like you know why didn't I keep an eye on him yeah the fact that he woke up at 4 a.m and was like I need to go to the doctor right now I'm like it's 4 a.m dude like it's cold and flu season you're not getting an appointment at 4 a.m yeah go back to sleep and we'll call them in the morning nope just just gone and then dead and in the lake for some reason yeah like I know that the flu sucks, but I don't think most people would rather die than have the flu. Mm. 
I mean, I guess you've been you've been very ill lately. How would would you rather just kick it mm. and just go to your great reward? Mm. I mean, maybe over Christmas break when I had the flu, I considered seriously being like, if I died right now, would I be that upset? And I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I'll just smother myself. But I was also coughing so hard I would throw up. So, you know, Ugh. I don't know how many times he'd peed himself coughing before he was like, all right, that's it. I mean, it seems like he just woke up that morning and was like, I think I'm sick. I feel like that's foul play or he was running like a super high fever and it just made him hallucinate some crazy shit. Ugh. Which is also Ghosts. scary because like, you know, you don't really control any of that. Mm-mm. Anyways, moving on. Hannah True Love. Um, another mysterious case involves a 16-year-old Gainesville high school student named Hannah True Love, who went missing from an apartment complex near Lake Lanier when she lived with her or where she lived with her mother on the morning of August 24th, 2012. Um, the following day, Hannah's body was found in the wooded area by the lakeside. Uh, she had been stabbed multiple times, yet it was unclear if the wounds were life-threatening and the actual cause of death remained elusive, although authorities were able to rule out drowning. I mean, I feel like getting stabbed is probably gonna do it. I mean, maybe, like, it was, like, superficial stab marks or something. Ugh. Um, making the case even creepier was a series of tweets Hannah had made on Twitter shortly before her death, expressing general discontent with her life at the apartment complex and her fear of a stalker, with one chilling tweet alleging, allegedly stating, so scared right now. Uh, Hannah's father would later claim that his daughter had made no mention of being under any duress and had not seen, uh, had not seemed different or upset in the days leading up to her disappearance and death. Authorities were never able to glean any insights or information from the tweets, and indeed no leads or suspects were ever found, despite a major investigation and exhaustive interviews with neighbors and nearby residents. Uh, Hannah True Love's death remains a mystery. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know, I feel like most time when someone thinks they're being stalked or something like that, I don't know, there's probably something, something there. I mean, I've never thought I was being stalked, but I imagine, like, for you to think you're being stalked, you have to be pretty, like, it has to, like you said, it feels like it would be one of those things where it's like, I have a bad feeling about this person and I've seen them a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like I've been, like, been followed, like, in, like, a store or I felt like people might have been, like, following me when they're driving. Like, driving behind me for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of, like, drive around and try and shake them a little bit. But even then, I don't know if I've ever tweeted about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's another one. And again, it's one of those things where, like, the actual murder doesn't take place, like, at the lake. But the fact that people keep ending up in or around the lake. Which, I mean, could be, I mean, a place to hide bodies. So maybe it just, you know, seems mysterious. But it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm a criminal and I need to hide a body, I'm going to put it in the lake. Mm-hmm. Or by the lake. And just hope that nature takes care of it for me. Goodbye. Next up, Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts. What are the most t- notorious deaths associated with Lake Lanier is also the source of one of its alleged ghost mysteries. 
In April of 1958, a young woman who worked at Riverside Military Academy, Delia Parker Young, and her friend Susie Roberts headed off to the Three Gables in Dawsonville in Susie's 1954 Ford for a night out. They would never return. That's sad. A subsequent investigation into their disappearance discovered that they had visited a gas station that night and left without paying. Rude. Maybe they were scared. They gotta go. Uh, The only clue left at the scene was a set of skid marks across the road, which seemed to suggest that the car had skidded off of Lanier Bridge on Dawsonville Highway and into the lake below, yet no vehicle could be found. Divers were unable to locate it due to poor visibility in the murky water and the masses of sheared-off tree trunks that litter the lake's bottom. For 18 months, Jesus, a year and a half, police were unable Mm -hmm. to find any further clues or traces of the missing women of in the car or the car uh but then a fisherman named c.a simpson made a gruesome discovery when the decomposed body of what was thought to be that of delia parker young suddenly floated up out of the depths oddly the corpse which could not be completely positively identified at the time was missing both hands and two toes from the left foot it was never ascertained just why the body was missing its hands and toes or what the cause of death had been With no way of knowing if the corpse was Delia's, it was eventually buried in an unmarked grave in Alta Vista Cemetery. The body of Susie Roberts and the car remained missing despite repeated searches. The mystery would baffle authorities for decades until November of 1990 when construction on an expansion of Lanier Bridge was underway. Construction crews dredged the bottom of the lake in order to set up pillars for the expansion and they uncovered a rusted-out 1954 Ford which held within it the remains of a human body. The car had been hidden within tree trunks, mud, and other detritus. What a fancy word. To save debris. (laughs) In 90 feet of water on a steep slope. The body was decomposed to the point of being unidentifiable, but the belongings found on it, including a purse, rings, and watch, meant authorities were able to conclusively prove that the body was that of the long-missing Susie Roberts. It was concluded that the other body had indeed been Delia Parker Young, and her headstone was changed accordingly. Susie Roberts was buried beside Delia. The deaths of Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts spawned on one of the area's most persistent and frightening local legends. It is said that the ghost of Delia Parker Young, wearing a blue dress and missing her hands, can sometimes be seen walking up and down the length of Lanier Bridge. People call her the Lady of the Lake and say that her restless spirit is searching for her missing hands. I guess I feel like if you've been in the water that long, I mean, unless there was something suspicious about, like, the way they were separated from the body, body parts are going to be missing, I guess. Like, whether it's by, I mean, I feel like if they're that far down, probably not by, you know, boat motors or something like that, but I mean, fish turtles, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's it's really unfortunate to think about when someone's missing and and you just want to be able to, you know, find them and get closure. But, you know, when someone's in the water that long, parts are probably not going to make it back. But I didn't find anything that was like, because they focused on the missing hands and toes and stuff so much. I was like, could they tell, like, had they been chopped off or something? Like, I feel like it was probably just over time, water animals and stuff like that. Yeah, because I mean, of things that would be like, not to be gross and dark, but of things that are easiest to, like, remove for a small animal or small fish or whatever, 
fingers and toes would be the easiest because they're smaller. They're easier to like get off in a bite. So, I mean, mm-hmm. unless they were literally like it looked like foul play or, or it was identifiable that the hands had just been cut off, I feel like it probably was just, I mean. I think they probably crashed off. I mean, I guess the, the question would then be like, what caused them to crash if they skidded off because they like thought they saw something on the bridge or or something like that. But then it sounds like once they were in the water, that it was just probably died from the crash. And then again, you know, decomposition stuff like the one body kind of floating up. Although I was going to say, because I know like bodies like start to like produce gas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so they can float up after. But a year and a half later, I feel like it would have broken down enough that the gas would have escaped. It makes me wonder if like maybe she was... She like flew out of the front seat or something, like through a wind through the windshield, but she was caught mm-hmm. on it. And then maybe a fish or something like jiggled her free after a year or so, or maybe she was caught on like a limb of a tree and that got snapped. And then she floated. Yeah, because maybe I was gonna say maybe if she was on top of something that then like broke down and started to float. Because mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time, I feel like bodies don't. They'll float for a little while, and then once most of, like, the tissue and stuff has gone away, they just, they're gonna sink back down. Yeah. Because they lose their buoyancy. I don't know. But that one, like, I was glad they found them. I felt bad that there was a period of time where Delia Parker Young, where they were like, I mean, we don't know. It might be her. There's so many people missing, I guess. We just can't tell who's who. But Taylor, the 50s were, the times were simpler then. We couldn't identify bodies, so it didn't happen. <laughs> I don't see a body. What body? Where? Where? You mean that friendly skeleton over there? That's my friend. That's my friend. Things were simpler in the 50s. Yeah, because you couldn't solve half of the crimes. Yeah, nothing I can do. <laughs> sad. But it is sad but at least with that one you know they eventually i mean they might not have figured out what happened but at least they were able to lay him to rest it's sweet that they got to be next to each other yeah that part i was kind of curious if if there was something more or like if they didn't have any other family or you know if they were just really good friends and they were like they should be together maybe they were in love and they just it was the 50s we don't know. That's why I would thought it would be really cute that way, but I was like, well, I don't want to assume anything, but either way, I'm glad that they're Friend, love, together. love, love, whatever. I'm glad that they're with each other. Not alone. Except for Delia still wandering around being like, give me my fucking hands. What the fuck are my hands? <laughs> they're not yours. <laughs> give them back. They're mine. Poor Delia. In addition to Lady of the Lake, uh, there's also another ghostly figure that people have sometimes seen. Um, there's occasional reports of a mysterious raft equipped with a lantern on a pole ridden by a shadowy figure that uses the pole to, like, push it along, mm-hmm. um, and it appears and disappears out of nowhere. In one particularly harrowing account, two fishermen saw the ghostly raft while out on the lake fishing um, in a rowboat on a cold autumn morning around 1 a.m., which I know that you're supposed to, like, go real early to catch fish, but I'm like, 1 a.m., dude, were they really fishing? What were they doing? Well, I mean, night fishing is a thing, so... Well, there's ghosts out. We don't need to do no night fishing on Ghost Lake. But the moonlight... Uh Uh-huh. It's romantic. You know what? That... uh, I mean, you're probably right. 
Moonlight is very romantic, but there's ghosts afoot. And this ghostly raft was about a half mile away. Um, and in about uh, 45 feet of water, and the rider was bizarrely still pushing it along with the pole, which when I first read, I was like, what do they mean? And then I was like, oh god, that means if it's pushing itself along with the pole, the pole would have to be like 45 feet Ugh. long to be able to like push it, which it probably wasn't. I mean, it could have been. It's a ghost pole, but just ugh, creepy. Um, at one point, this figure shouted something to the two fishermen and jumped into the freezing water to swim toward them. Um, this alarmed the two fishermen, which I feel like is an understatement. This alarmed them. And this ghost man jumped out and started swimming towards them. Uh, they pulled in their lines and rushed to row away, thinking um, it perhaps was someone meaning to do them harm. You know what? I think you're onto something. <laughs> I would think that too. Um, at this point, the lantern on the raft abruptly went out, and when the fishermen shone their boat's spotlight out across the water, they could find no sign of the raft or the mysterious occupant who had jumped into the water. Um, the black surface of the lake remained calm, and the raft did not appear again. I hate that story. Da -na -na. It's too scary. I'm too scared. <laughs> I know. I know you love to night fish. Now you're going to be too scared. I'm going to be too scared. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Uh, that reminded me of the whole 359 episode I listened to last night on the way home from your house. Oh, uh, which one? The Gray Man? Or what was it called? Yeah, the... The, like, hollow man yeah, or something? Yeah, hungry. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that one was where I started, like, I started re-listening to it after taking a break from, like, the first couple episodes, and I had gotten, like, a new, like, light in our bathroom, and so I was taking a shower, and I had, like, this alternating, like, LED light, which was kind of cool, but it had one part where it would cycle into, like, a red light, and I felt like I was in, like, a scary you know, emergency lights, big red lights on, I guess, in an old spaceship since that's where they were. And I was just like, why did I pick this one to listen to? I didn't know it was going to be the scary one. It was so scary. <laughs> just driving home alone in your car. Oh, my God. The part where they were like, the the hollow man sees you. And I was just like, ah, I hate it. <laughs> He's in the back seat. Yeah, that is what I felt like. I was like, he's in the back seat, and I remember Ugh. looking in my back seat and being like, there's nothing there. Okay. Ugh. And then you get home, and you just gotta like run across the parking lot and be like, I just gotta get home. I'm almost there. Yep. I had two boxes because my Lulu's um, boxes came in, and so I had them both under my arms, and I was running. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you made it. Me too. It was uh, harrowing. All right, so the last story we have is about a giant catfish. It's the best one. The be best for last. Oh my god, I just saw the, the phrase size of 12-year-old boys. Okay. Local, <laughs> local fishermen have long insisted that there are gigantic catfish in the lake, which reportedly reach five to seven feet long and can swallow dogs that get too close to the water. What the fuck? Some stories even claim that they attack swimmers and divers. These catfish don't fuck around, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're said to be particularly attracted to the deep waters below Buford Dam, and there are various accounts from divers working in the area to examine the dam or fix bridges who have seen the huge fish for themselves, even scaring some enough that they refuse further diving jobs in the area. 
Um, a popular local tale concerns a truck carrying live chickens, which supposedly hurtled off of the Thompson Bridge in the 1980s and sank to the bottom along with its cargo. Divers were then sent in to examine the wreckage and, to their horror, found catfish the size of 12-year-old boys gathered around the, sh- the sunken truck and engaged in a ravenous fen- feeding frenzy, swallowing the chickens whole. Other stories have described fishermen looking, uh, hooking the enormous fish and having their boats towed around the lake. It is unclear whether these reports of giant catfish in Lake Lanier are true, exaggerations, or pure urban legend, but it is certainly enough to give some people pause before getting into the water there. Okay, so the giant catfish, like, I'm surprised that anybody's body is recovered at all in that lake. <laughs> so the fact that she's missing well, two hands, like, of course, if, if there are fucking catfish that are the size of 12-year-old boys... It could have just slurped off her whole arm like a big spaghetti noodle. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, with this, like, I was trying to find more stuff to back it up. And there was, like, fishing forums that were like, where's the best place to catch these, you know, catfish? I've heard there's giant ones. And as of right now, like, I can't remember the exact size, but, like, the largest catfish that someone's actually ever caught there, like, on record, was, like, two feet or two and a half feet or something like that. So it's one of those things where a lot of people, I guess, like talk about it. But my guess is there might be some like way down in the bottom because catfish can get pretty large, but I don't know if they're actually the size of 12 year old boys or maybe they looked really big, but it was just, you know, you know, one of those things where you get out and you're like, oh my god, it it was the size of a, of a 25-year-old man. And it just keeps getting bigger. And then they're like, no, it was the size of like a, a 50-year-old man. Because you keep growing till you're 50. You do? No, you don't. <laughs> I'm lying. What the hell? I don't think that's true. That's how stories like this get started. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, I'd, I don't want there to be catfish that are 7 feet long and can swallow dogs. Nope. And chickens. And me. It's still really scary to think about. I mean, you've got those, like, river monsters and and stuff like that. Which I love that show, by the way. River monsters. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's pretty good. It's one of those where, like, I can't remember the guy's name. I watched so much of all of it, like, at once. And then to make room for other stuff, my brain has, like, kicked it out. But it's one of those where a guy goes and he's like, well, there's supposed to be something that lives in here that eats people and is giant. And then he'll try to go catch it and he'll use his fish knowledge to be like I you know I think it's actually like a really large like eel or something and then sometimes he would actually catch something that was really big and obviously it wouldn't be like an actual river monster type thing but it would be something where it's like yeah I mean if that thing got a hold of your you know foot or leg or something it could get you pretty good Mm -hmm. yeah I uh I don't want there to be catfish this size and I, and I couldn't find anything where someone had actually caught one, but maybe they're in there and just no one can land them. I'm afraid. So you don't want to go to Lake Lanier nope. if we ever go to Georgia? No, I changed my mind. Georgia? No road trip. I didn't even know we had a road trip lined up. Mm-mm. Well, it's over now. And you're going to take a wide, a wide berth around, around Lake Lanier. Yep. Give it a wide berth. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of lakes that have stories like this, but... This one, it came up, I think, I can't remember if it was last summer or the summer before that, 
where they were getting a lot of attention because this was the lake where, unfortunately, do you remember there was a story, it was about uh, Usher's stepson was in, like, a boating accident oh, and yeah. was brain dead and passed away. Yeah. And I think it was in the span of, like, a few months, like, several kids, like, I want to say four kids were killed in, like, different boating accidents. And, again, they were like, it's a giant lake. People are drinking and being irresponsible. Like, you know, it's not ghosts. It's not a curse. It's just people being stupid and not being responsible and, you know, people are dying as a result. Like, don't pin it on superstition. Just come get your people and tell them to pay attention to what they're doing. Which I totally get. I remember, uh, I've only been on Lake Louisville one time, but I definitely got nervous because I'm, I'm used to Lake Travis where I feel like most of the people around me, I'm convinced that they boat at least occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like, every now and then you'll get people on little, like, jet skis and stuff who probably rented them for the day and, and don't really know, like, the etiquette of, you know, checking before you make a big turn and stuff like that. But, you know, Lake Louisville was just people not wearing life jackets, people drinking, people driving and crossing wakes and, you know, not paying attention. And that's how you end up with boats that, like, run into each other or you run over people on tubes and... And then everybody's dead. And then everybody's dead. And that's why we don't hang out on Louisville Lake. Mm-hmm. Murder Murder Lake. Does anyone call it Murder Lake? I call it Murder Lake because I feel like I heard someone say that one time. Might have been Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> Ryan, is it Murder Lake? He's in another room. Oh. Maybe he'll just, out of nowhere, he'll be like, yes. He does love to eavesdrop. That's all we've got on Lake Lanier. It's spooky, maybe cursed, maybe not, but definitely if you're going to be boating uh, on this lake or any other lake, be responsible. Don't drink and drive your boat and uh, check check your, your mirrors. Look over your shoulder whenever you want to uh, turn. Mm-hmm. It's important. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Uh, other than your scary Wolf 359 experience, have you seen or done anything cool and spooky this week? Um, not this week, but the week before, I was I watched uh, all of Devil Man Cry Baby. Oh, <laughs> and so did you. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm sorry that I didn't warn you that it would not only make you cry, but also make you a little bit bleak. Yeah, just numb. Just sitting on the couch, being like, "Well, I mean, I guess there's no point to anything." Why even try? Why even try? Good never wins. I mean... Evil never wins. Nobody ever wins. Everything's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was good. So this is my PSA. <laughs> it's it's good. Like, the animation is really good. It's... Like, the style and stuff is really neat. The music is really good. But it is violent. Like, very violent. There is a lot of sex and nudity in it. And not in, like, a soft, cute way. Like, it's very in-your-face. It's graphic. Don't get attached to anybody because, uh, it, there's a lot of death and mayhem. And nobody goes down easy. So, no, just but there, be it's ready. like I know that sounds super bleak, and it is a bleak show, but there is so much, like, 
really like positive stuff about you know humanity and even if you have like a short time like being honest with people you love and i don't know like the the parts of it that were about that's embracing humanity and being like vulnerable and protecting the people you love and and stuff like that were really beautiful and i felt like even though it doesn't end super positively like it doesn't change the fact that those moments still happened and that it still mattered you know what i mean does that make sense yeah no they they never stopped trying like no one ever actually gave up i guess which is good but so there there is some beauty in the chaos (laughs) there is there's also some sexual assault so that's in there trigger warning it's just it's a lot it's all on netflix they put it all out at once i watched it all in one sitting and it's got demons in it, so, you know, there's your paranormal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was good, though. Didn't mean to hijack yours. It was... No, that's fine. It's just a lot, a lot of things. The OST is really, really good, and you can listen to that on YouTube. I know. I kind of am hoping they'll put it on on Spotify or, or something, because I want to be able to, like, listen to it in my car, but whenever I just try to, like, play it from YouTube... One, it's hard to navigate when I'm driving, so I get, like, one song, and then I have to wait till I'm at a light. Yep. And it just doesn't sound as good. Nope. From YouTube. Even though it sounds good in my headphones, it doesn't go over the car speakers very well. No. I've heard that they're gonna do a vinyl release, though. Oh, but I can't listen to that in my car, either. No, but I'm excited about that, because I imagine it'll look really- I hope it looks like the Red Moon. My favorite is... Judgment. Nighthawk. Uh, Buddy Rio, Cry Baby will make you cry. Devilman No Uta, which is the the like opening credit song. Well, they didn't do it. I thought they were going to, but that's not actually the opening song. It's not. No, hmm. it's like a remix of the original opening that's from the right. one well, in, like in the eighties. Because yeah. I remember they released that, and people were like, "Man, this is going to be awesome!" And then the beginning is something much more like dark, moody house music type thing. Oh, that's right. And people are like, what the fuck? Where's where's the Devil Man theme? Yeah. Where it at? Um Beautiful Celine is good and I like Sabbath one. So all of all of those are really good. I mean the whole OST is good, but There's a lot of it. Those are my faves. Especially Judgment and Nighthawk. And Crybaby. Mm-hmm. There's a there's one that's called like Pathetic, but mm-hmm. it's spelled like Pathetic. With that little French I-Q-U-E on the end. Um, that I think is, uh, it's like a different arrangement of Crybaby. Oh, really? That's also good. Mm-hmm. I think it's the arrangement that they play, like, during one of the last scenes. Mm-hmm. I think part of the other reason I like it is Ryan has seen the older versions and read the manga and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, you know, in the original um, series, a lot of a lot of the uh, plot was centered around like shaming Akira for being a crybaby and stuff. And in this version, he was like, it felt so much more like they were like encouraging his, like it was seen as a positive, like by the end of it, like, especially um, Miki was always very positive about it. She was like, no, he, you know, he's sensitive and he cries for other people. Whereas in the original, she was always like, you're such a crybaby, you're such a blah, you're such a baby, you're such a girl. And mm-hmm. it had a lot of, you know... Because only girls exactly. cry. Exactly. 
Um, so a lot of the sort of sexist and toxic masculinity overtones were taken out and I appreciated that. Just something to keep in mind. What about you? What have you been liking? Um, I mean, Devil Man was definitely probably my, my spookiest watch. Um, I watched the new, the new season of Black Mirror, which is pretty bleak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a very bleak weekend. Um, but it was pretty good. There was only, like, one episode that I didn't really... I didn't love Machine Head. It wasn't bad. It was just all the other ones I thought were better. Was that the one with the, the like, post-apocalyptic? It was all set in black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that one. And it had the little the little drone kind of thing. I hated that around. one. Yeah. It's very, like, Boston Dynamics. Not a fan. Is that what it's called? Uh, Boston Dynamics? So. With their spooky, spooky robos? Yeah. Big boy. Big dog. Not a fan. But yeah, and I watched I watched that. That was probably it. I haven't actually done too much spooky stuff this week. I I've just been playing games and trying to relax when I can. That's healthy. Yeah, cuz I want to stay healthy cuz everyone around me is is getting sick and dropping and I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you. Yours is just allergies. It better be. I'm pretty sure. Famous last words. It's just allergies. allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do feel a lot better taking the allergy pills and stuff like that. Whereas when I had the flu, I was taking that stuff and I did not feel any better. I just felt like shit all day and every day until I got on the steroids. So. Yeah. Go get your flu shot. Even if it's not super effective, it can also, it can help it not be as severe if you do catch it. So if you can, if you can afford it, it's not too late. It takes a couple weeks to, to kick in, but, uh, this, this flu is no joke. We've had a lot of people, uh, in our county bias where we live actually die from it. So, uh, that's our spooky thing for the week. The flu. (laughs) Influenza fucking sucks. It'll fuck Go you get up. your flu shot if if you can, and you know just all the normal stuff. Wash your hands. Be careful if you think you're sick. Stay home. Mm-hmm. Herd immunity. Also, I the way I got out of having to go in and get prescribed something at a doctor's office, like sitting in the waiting room and possibly being like exposed to more things in Houston, um, and exposing yourself to other people. I did this app called Doctors on Demand. It covers some insurance and it didn't cover mine, but it's $75 to basically Skype with a doctor. They pair you up. Sometimes you have to kind of wait for a bit or you can schedule an appointment and they'll talk to you, ask you about your symptoms, you know, listen to you, blah, 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 and then they normally will prescribe you something. So she prescribed me um, steroids and an, a nasal spray and uh, cough medicine because she wasn't sure if it was um, gearing up for, because I caught it pretty early on. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it feels like it's either going to turn into a sinus infection or like bronchitis or something. And it didn't occur to me that I could have the flu because I've never had the flu before. So I had no idea what it felt like. Um, But I'm pretty sure I had the flu. So she gave me steroids and whatever the steroids did, it kicked it its ass. So 
I definitely recommend Doctors on Demand. Like the $75 was worth not having to go in and I would have paid like a $25 copay anyways and then possibly gotten more sick. So yeah, I do wish it was like a little bit cheaper or that they or that they took more insurance cuz 75, I mean, plus medicine and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a lot all at once. But I know a lot of people also like have anxiety about going in, like just making appointments and stuff like that in general, even when you're not scared of like catching a big outbreak that's going around. So if you can afford it or if your insurance is covered by it, you can just go to the doctor in your jammies from your own house. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I didn't even put on a bra. She was super nice. (laughs) Uh, It was great. A plus experience, $75 was totally worth it. And then with my insurance for my medications i think it was like 20 bucks for all three of those on insurance so not bad worth it don't get sick watch devil man or don't but definitely don't get sick if you've got a fever don't don't watch it maybe yeah it'll make you'll you'll hallucinate it'll be so you will hallucinate <laughs> the whole thing feels like a hallucination anyway so well, i think that's gonna do it for this week thanks for listening uh you can catch us over at twitter our handle is Ghost Emoji Show. Um, if you want to email us any questions or stories or ideas for stuff that you'd like to hear about, uh, Ghost Emoji Podcast at gmail.com is our email. We're on Podbean, we're on iTunes, we're also on Google Play, so you can like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Do you want to be sweet and, and, and take us out? Stay spooky, you ding dongs. Oh, that was beautiful. Get wrecked. Bye. Oh, God. <laughs>